Hey everyone, I hope you're having an excellent day. Today we're going to talk about what happens if you give your staff too much liberty on picking the work that they do. This is something I have done a couple times. I've definitely learned it. I'm going to share what happens, why it happens, and how to avoid it in your organization so that you can keep running as smoothly and as effectively as possible. Hi, this is Kirk Kinnear. I'm here to support leaders that know what it feels like to carry that heavy burden, who care about their staff and want to make an impact in the organizations they're leading. My commitment to you as a current leader is to give you company and to bring you to a place of leading lightly. Okay, here it is. This is a scenario I've seen many organizations walk down, including my own, only to regret it in the long run. Now, here's what happens. You get in a position where staff change or an opportunity happens and you can hire a new staff or you can shift around your staff and you fall into this trap. Here's here's how you think about it. You're like, oh, I get to finally take some pressure off my staff. I get to give them a few different opportunities, let them to determine their work a little bit more. So you reach out to them and you say, hey, I need to know what kind of uh, what parts of this role you could remove so that you can take on these other things. This is very common. This happens all the time in all sorts of organizations. Now, it looks great. You feel relieved as a boss because you're taking the pressure off your staff. Um, They're sitting there uh, feeling relieved as well because they're getting rid of some things. And then you you think you're making a great decision here. You're just like, oh, I'm moving forward. We can kind of hire somebody to fill in this gap or do whatever. Fast forward several uh, months, maybe even years down the path of that decision. And here's what happens. Your staff will inevitably say, oh, I I need to drop this item. And inside they're thinking, because it drives me nuts. And this item, because it drives me nuts. And definitely this item, because this person's hard to work with and drives me nuts. And they give you that list because you didn't ask them Uh, for all the duties you are asking them to do, you're asking them for a list of items. So they go through that list, they hand off the stuff that they don't want to do or the relationships they don't want to work with. Both of these are critical. Because when they hand those off, now think about this, this is often a person that you're offering more work to or better work to. So by handing these things off, and especially the relational part, All you are doing is shifting that burden to whoever the next person is or the newest person is, and sometimes the most least experienced person, or what commonly happens is the hardest working person that never really gets enough credit for the work they do. That that work just just funnels into the next person. And this person that you've offered this opportunity to and who has reduced their workload and who have checked their workload and, and picked the ones they get rid of have now gotten rid of all of their the hard parts of their job. It's fascinating because as a leader, you want to give that to them. You want to say, oh, yeah, I want to I want you to tell me what you can drop. This is I have done this before. I have always lived to regret this, and I hope you will never do it after listening to this. So then you try and hire somebody to fill in those gaps. So they now have a list of three items from this staff member that they never want to do. 
and uh, it passes on to whoever, whoever, in a way, whoever's the sucker on your team to take that on or whoever you're trying to hire. Now they're trying to get this job done or work with this difficult uh, environment or difficult colleague. But then the other piece that a lot of people miss is other people see that that person just got rid of the hardest part of their work and they want to do the same. So now you get more and more work that nobody wants to do. This happens all the time. It sounds so simple when I explain this, but I, I think what happens as a leader is you want to relieve the pressure on your staff. You, you feel good, so you want to make other people feel good, so then you offer them something like this. Then what you start to notice is the people that you hire don't last. Those, that job becomes a scummy job. Picking up the pieces of what everyone else doesn't want to do is a crappy job. And you get a revolving cycle in that position. That's one of the signs that you have an unhealthy uh, job profile or even a work environment is if you get too much turnover. You want a little bit, but not too much. You definitely don't want none. There's this magic sweet spot. I remember when I was doing the master's in leadership program, there was this, uh, I did a study on tenure and how important it is to have a turnover. And I think they landed somewhere between 10 to 20% was healthy. It might be just under 10 now. I'm not sure what the stats are, but you want it. But now you've got this role where they're picking up the pieces that everyone else doesn't want to carry. You've made an environment of all of your staff wanting to ditch their crappy part of their job to somebody else and not take responsibility for that and only want to do their good stuff. And you have, with good intention, completely destroyed your organization. I have stepped into an organization where this happened. I was like, stop, don't let this happen. Shut this down right now. And the person that I was consulting with said, well, they're going to be really upset if I put this back on them. I was like, so what? Because here's what will happen if you don't do that. You can have one upset person who's carrying their weight. They do things that they really like in their job and things they don't like. Or you can have everybody upset because you were either unfair because you let that person offload their crappy work and nobody else. Or you let everyone offload their crappy work and you have a bunch of jobs that are just crappy jobs that you can't keep up. When I explained this to this person, uh, she was kind of like, oh, I get it. So she had that hard call. She apologized basically for trying to uh, do this, took responsibility and told the person that they're back on this part of their job. This happens more than you think. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I never let any staff, it's, it's a general rule I've always had. I always try and make sure everyone's got something that applies to the front line of the organization. I never let people pawn their responsibility on other individuals on the team. I'll give you one more example of this. Um, I was working for an organization where the front desk received painful call after painful call. and people were angry. My front desk staff did not like their jobs. Their level of service got worse and worse. And they're taking huge volumes of calls. Like I think that team had, well, the combined the teams are anywhere from 10 to 20 staff on at all times. So these guys are taking all these calls. 
getting yelled at for someone else's job. Then they would report to their manager that this this problem is happening and go uh, and that manager would report to whoever's making the problem and the person would be like, I'll suck it up. doesn't matter. So what I implemented was a template for all of these system, all of this information to go in the system and it had to have the name and contact information of the individual who put it there. By giving that ownership, now they couldn't pass their crap on to the next person and they would get direct calls related to the problems they were creating. Guess what? The problems went away. That's one example of this, but this happens in all sorts of ways in an organization. So in short, what's really important for you to do is think further ahead on a decision you make. It's always nice to be nice to somebody, to relieve their workload, but you have to think of who's going to pick it up. And maybe, yeah, maybe you might have a person that can pick it up and would really like that. That's a different situation. But the better approach to doing this is to say, okay, I'm gonna, we're going to be adding a few pieces to your job. And in order to do that, I need to assess all of the work you're currently doing, how long each, each of those kind of general duties takes. So they'll write a, you know, the laundry list of their average year. Maybe it's, it's by year, if it's a simpler job, maybe it's just every day I spend this percentage doing this and this and this. They write that down. You have not offered them to remove anything from their role. You have just asked them to write it down. Then you go over it and you, uh, you, you break it down. You figure out what parts fits that person's strengths, even if they don't like it. And what parts maybe fit someone else's strength. But never at, the, at any time are you offering them the opportunity to dump their work. Does this make sense? I hope this helps you because you can avoid an enormous amount of pain if you really understand this concept that I see so many organizations do. I'm also tempted to do it, even though I know it. So after listening to this podcast that I've just gone through, I'm sure I'll be less likely to uh, support somebody at the cost of everybody else. So that's the purpose of this. I hope you, again, find some value in this and are able to use this in your organization to save yourself an enormous amount of future pain. Always, always, always consider carefully anything you remove from anybody that they don't like. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, remember to subscribe. If you know other leaders who could benefit from leading lightly, feel free to share. For more resources, visit our website at leadinglightly.com. 